0: Today is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, and this is Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis, your Weather Command Forecast... For the rest of your Tuesday, windy and mostly cloudy with a near steady temperature around 40 and southwest winds 20 to 30 miles an hour. Tonight, windy and mostly cloudy, lows 25 to 30. Southwest winds 20 to 30 miles an hour. Wednesday, breezy and mostly cloudy in the morning, becoming partly cloudy. Highs 40 to 45. Southwest winds 15 to 25 miles an hour. Wednesday night, mostly cloudy, lows 25 to 35. Southwest winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. Thursday, mostly cloudy, 20 percent Chance of rain in the afternoon. Highs around 45. Southwest winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Thursday night, breezy and colder with mostly cloudy skies and a 20% chance of rain and snow. Lows around 20. Friday and Friday night, colder and partly cloudy. Highs around 35. Lows 15 to 20. Saturday, mostly cloudy. Highs around 40. Saturday night through Sunday night, partly cloudy. Lows 15 to 20. Highs 30 to 35. MLK day, mostly cloudy. Highs 35 to 40. For the first time in two years, the Haver Area Chamber of Commerce is set to host their annual meeting. Chamber Executive Director Julia Robbins says that the luncheon event will take place Wednesday, January 19th from noon to 1.30 p.m. at the Duck Inn Olympic Room. We kind of look back over the past year and look forward to the coming year um, and we like to talk about our goals and um, what we want to do for the community at this meeting. High Plains Architects will be the featured speakers and we'll be talking about the ongoing process to create a downtown master plan for Haver. The chamber's been very involved in getting that plan moving forward and so we thought this would be a great time to kind of uh, have our first meeting with the Architects. Those interested in attending are asked to RSVP by this Friday. To do so, contact the chamber at 265-4383. The Fort Belknap Community Council has voted eight to nothing for the reservation to remain in stage three of their reopening plan through February 5th. In the resolution, the council said that the recent surge in cases, including those of the Omicron COVID variant, poses a threat to them fully reopening at this time. The plan may be modified as the situation changes. Fort Belknap moved into Phase 3 of reopening on November 30th with an initial ending date of January 2nd. Businesses can operate at their normal hours, but mask mandates remain in place except when eating or drinking. Refreshments can now be served at casinos. Local Fort Belknap transportation buses and local gyms and community centers are allowed to operate at 75% capacity. Candidate filing for the 2022 elections opens this Thursday, and there are seven different offices serving Blaine County that will be on the ballot. For the Blaine County Commission, voters will decide who serves a six-year term in the seat representing District 2. The seat is currently held by Frank DePriest, who is the Commission Chair. There are six offices with four-year terms up for election. They include County Attorney, Clerk and Recorder, Sheriff Coroner, Justice of the Peace, superintendent of schools, and treasurer. The nomination deadline is 5 p.m. March 14th. Primary election day is June 7th, and the general election will take place November 8th. Now taking a look at local COVID updates for today. We did not receive a COVID update yesterday from Hill County, but we did get one for Blaine County. They announced six new COVID cases and four recoveries. Total COVID case count for Blaine, 1,564, with 12 active, 1,523 recoveries, 29 deaths. We have not received any other local COVID updates over the past 24 hours, so we'll move on to state news. We'll start off with the daily COVID dashboard update from the state. This came in this morning. It's the first update since Monday morning. Over that time, the state reported 1,520 new COVID cases, bringing the cumulative case count to 206,295, active case count 8,787, active hospitalizations 162, death toll 2,927. Counties with the most new cases today Gallatin, 441, Missoula, 207, Yellowstone, 200, Flathead, 121, Lewis & Clark, 77, Cascade, 62, Ravalli, 50, Lincoln, 43, Lake, 39, Butte-Silverbow, 34. And looking at the vaccine update from the state for today, total COVID vaccine doses administered up to 1.348 million. With 542,930 Montanans fully immunized, that's 53% of the eligible population. The Blackfeet Incident Command has announced that due to the increase in COVID-19 cases, the Blackfeet Reservation is moving back to Phase 2 of their restricted opening through January 24th. The reservation-wide mask mandate has been reinstated in all public places, and in-person gatherings are prohibited. Sporting events cannot have spectators, and there is a curfew from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. On-reservation travel is restricted to essential trips only, and businesses have been asked to operate at 50% capacity. As of Friday, there were over 100 active cases of COVID on the reservation and over 275 people in quarantine. The active case count was below 10 in late December, prior to the presence of the Omicron variant being confirmed on the reservation. Officials with Great Falls Public Schools have announced that the district will be transitioning to remote learning for the remainder of the week due to the ongoing surge of COVID-19. A press release Monday said that over 125 staff are out due to COVID-related illness, and there were roughly 54 classrooms without available substitutes. As of noon Monday, there were 185 individuals associated with the district that were confirmed COVID-positive, the highest active number of the school year. The district hopes to resume in-person learning on Tuesday, January 18th, adding that the closure should allow allow time for staff to recover and return to work while reducing the rate of spreading infections. The Montana Free Press reports that in a legal brief filed with the U.S. Supreme Court Monday, Governor Greg Gianforte joined the ranks of Republican state officials criticizing Montana judges for conduct during last year's legislative session and for ruling against subpoenas from the Republican led legislature seeking the court's records. The governor's amicus filing is a high profile signal of Gianforte's support for the legislature in its months long conflict with the judiciary. The brief supports the legislature's pending request for the U.S. Supreme Court to consider the case after a legal back and forth embroiled lawmakers and the judiciary for much of last year. Republicans first sought wide-ranging documents from the judicial branch during the spring legislative session after leaked emails showed some judges had criticized bills intended to reshape the judiciary. Lawmakers also took issue with polling of district court judges by the Montana Judges Association meant to gauge support for bills that would affect the judicial branch. The governor's filing argues that those actions undermine public confidence in the judiciary and characterizes them as prejudging legislation the U.S. Supreme Court, which accepts only a small fraction of requests to consider cases, has not yet responded to the legislature's request. The legislature's appeal to the nation's highest court continues to put a spotlight on an issue that courts have already attempted to settle at the state level. In a unanimous 36-page opinion, the Montana Supreme Court in July found that lawmakers' record-seeking in response to the leaked emails and polling was invalid, describing the subpoenas as sweepingly overbroad and beyond the scope of legitimate legislative interest. Later last year, the court denied the Legislature's motion to rehear the case. Railfan and Railroad Magazine reports that BNSF is in the process of reacquiring its former Northern Pacific Line across Montana that is currently operated by Montana Rail Link. The 900 mile line spans a large stretch of southern Montana and northern Idaho. The deal must be approved by the U.S. Surface Transportation Board. BNSF has told MRL employees they will be able to keep them in their jobs, but the collective bargaining agreement with impacted unions will have to be renegotiated. Authorities in Jefferson County have identified the man found dead near a roundabout in Montana City as 85-year-old Harold L. Grove of Clancy. On Sunday morning, dispatch received a report of the body near the roundabout. An investigation determined that Grove's car got stuck in the snow. Grove tried to get back on the road but fell and died of hypothermia. And now, taking a look at wheat prices for today. Daily prices per bushel. We'll start with Hill County, where winter wheat is seven dollars seventy-six cents, spring wheat eight dollars seventy cents. Blaine County, winter wheat seven sixty-six, spring wheat eight sixty-five. Liberty County, winter wheat seven eighty-one, spring wheat eight seventy. Shodo County, winter wheat seven seventy-six, spring wheat eight seventy. And Phillips County, winter wheat seven sixty-one, spring wheat eight sixty. And now, taking a look at funeral notices for today. Jerry Thomas Darter, 90, of Haver, passed away at home December 14th. Cremation has taken place. A gravesite service will be held 11 a.m., Monday, January 31st, in Highland Cemetery, and a luncheon will follow at the Community Alliance Church. Jerry's family suggests memorial donations be made in his memory to the Haver Animal Shelter or the Haver Community Alliance Church. And that's going to do it for your Tuesday edition of Montana at Noon. I'm Josh Margolis. Thanks for listening, and remember, seven days a week, we are your source for news and information. KOJM, KPQX, and HighlineToday.com. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, stay safe out on the roads, and please continue to do your part to help flatten the curve.